Steps on, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score, touchdown Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. Welcome to episode 80 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown, and how boring we've got yet another win to talk about. Of course, I jest, we have a third win in a row to breakdown, so let's get to it. Once again, I'm still Tom, and as always, I am with Callum to break down all things Arizona Cardinals. Hello. Yeah, wow. Uh, A third win in a row. That's the first time since uh, 2015, I think, that we've managed to to string three wins in a row. Still no statistics already. Shocking. Just shocking to me that we've actually managed to do that much. We've already, you know, at the roughly the half season point just before, we've already totaled last year's number of wins. Uh, Still to be seen whether we can top that. But, you know, the past couple of weeks have been pretty fun to be a Cardinals fan. And also Cliff Kingsbury's managed to match Cardinals legend Steve Wilkes in career wins. Absolutely. And in half the time too. Without the risk of being fired, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, Ky- Kyler Murray, I believe, has now beaten both Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen in total wins. That's not much of a shock, though, is it? Not particularly, but neither is uh, Cliff Kingsbury beating Steve Wilkes. So. I suppose, yeah, but you know, we've got to get that in somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Like someone's made an actual graphic of it. Brilliant. People have too much time on their hands, like us doing this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. This is our Tuesday night. That's great. But, I mean, uh, we can we can start off with a bit of news because there's been a little bit of Cardinals news this week, kind of. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not sure it's really newsworthy, but we've got London's Jay Ajayi in today for a visit. Yeah, uh, and scheduled in for, for a little look and see if he's running and all that stuff. So I guess, I mean, it's... Is is it just at this point it's sort of insurance, do you think? Well, I mean, we've got injuries to DJ Foster and David Johnson. Obviously more on that bit later. But, you know, it makes sense to see, you know, like what's out there, considering we've only got three on the roster to begin with. I mean, the thing is as well is JGI has had some really, really good games. Um, you know, a couple seasons ago, he was a hot fantasy football property when the Dolphins were still able to score points at all. He was doing quite well for them. And also he's from London, so, you know, that's a good thing. London's JGI to give him his full title. <laughs> No, I th- I I'd be quite excited if we managed to sign JJ to be honest, because you know, given well, we'll get onto it later, but given Chase Edmonds' uh, performance on Sunday, David Johnston's past, and JJ's past, I think that could be a pretty formidable running back committee there. It wasn't the only one they were adding though, because Spencer Ware and Benny Cunningham are supposedly in as part of the visit. So, you know, I suppose they're just looking to add someone with actual league experience. Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, you know, if you're going to take the time to work somebody out and see these things through, you know, just given the amount of time that that takes up of the coaching staff and and generally everyone involved, you might as well bring in two or three together, right? Wouldn't surprise me if there was actually more amongst them. Because, I mean, free agent running backs are ten a penny these days. Yeah, and and if you're a free agent running back and you hear the Cardinals are bringing people in, surely you'd give them a call and just say, like, look, can I come along too as well? 
But of course, the main thing we're here for this week is another Arizona Cardinals victory. On Sunday night, we prevailed 27-21 over the New York Giants. And yeah, what what a game that was. It was uh, another early start, which is always really foreboding if you're a Cardinals fan. But that's two early starts in a row uh, that we've won, which I believe is the first time that we've done that in, in uh, since we moved to Arizona. Yeah, I saw that as a statistic and obviously must be true. Well, yeah. Kind of crazy there. It is kind of crazy. And like that was in the mid-80s, I think. So uh, it's been a long time. I mean, he did have some nice weather for the game, though, really. It was a horrendous lashing rain the whole time. I don't think it was quite as bad as the weather in Washington uh, in the, that game over there, but uh, I think it was pretty, pretty bad. I'm annoyed with that game, only having nine points. In. I know, yeah. Because I took San Francisco nine, minus 9.5 and only won by nine. Oh, just missed the spread. Literally the only thing on my bet that let it down. See, that's that's your problem. You're betting on San Francisco. Yeah, but they were playing Washington. I mean, come on. That's true, yeah. And they are 6-0 or whatever now. So, But, you know, more on the Cardinals. And the big positive from this game was Chase Edmonds' performance. Huge performance from him. Um I mean, we've we've definitely seen flashes of him playing excellently all season, but this was a whole game, effectively, that he was just dominant in. I mean, it's no surprise to hear that he was voted our player of the game this week. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, obviously, the trio of hat-tricks, that's a big thing. The trio of hat-tricks? The, the trio of hat-tricks. The hat-trick of touchdowns, that's the one. I was going to say, if he scored nine touchdowns, that's even more records to his name. <laughs> no, no, it was it was just the three, but it was still impressive. It was still very well played. Especially when all three came from 20-plus yards out for the first time in Cardinals franchise history. Seriously? Yeah. Is that is that uh, the uh, the stat after 100-and-something years? Yeah. Well, I mean, six of us have managed to do it around the league. Yeah, but even so... That's uh, that's quite a quite a game, really. One of them I saw was Doug Martin. That was back in 2012. I had him in fantasy football that year. He scored a lot of points that week. Well, I'm sure we'll get on to fantasy later, but um, how many points did Chase Edmonds score this week? I think it was 35. It's pretty solid, really. Especially on my team, he did. <laughs> well, no, absolutely. The uh, Just an all-round great game, and I think you could see it from the first drive. You know, that drive down the field, he rushed five times for 28 yards or something or something along those lines. It was weird how all three of his touchdowns looked like carbon copies of one another as well. They did as well. They just looked like the Giants had no answer for defending that. I mean, like, the first one, he had, like, one person tried to tackle him, got nowhere, and then just chased his run. He may have just walked to the end zone, really, because no one was anywhere near him. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that... so. You know, in the interviews afterwards, Chase Edmonds was praising offensive line play, which is something that we've not heard in a long time for the Cardinals. Um, praising offensive line and and sort of saying like that was all on them. You know, they they held back the right guys and everyone else was drawn away. But he still had to make somebody miss at some point along there. And I think his uh, his ability to jump around there and then he was just gone. You know, there was no nobody around him at all. It's weird hearing praise for our offensive line. It is, isn't it? It's, um, but I will take it absolutely. They, I think they played a, a stonker of a game. We must be existing in some sort of parallel universe where we've actually got a solid, decent offensive line. Maybe. Yeah, well, it's and it's a 
another you know parallel universe thing as well where you know Kyler Murray wasn't running that much. No, and never was David Johnson. Well, yeah, of course. David Johnson actually even being wa- uh, waved off the field a couple of times by Chase Edmonds. Do you see that? I didn't notice that, no. Yeah, so Chase Edmonds is basically, you know, um, at one point I believe he was throwing up on the sideline, um, which he says was just water. And apparently this is more common than we think it is um, from the TV broadcasts. But uh, So he'd been thrown up on the sideline. David Johnson was sent into the package and uh, Chase Edmonds was like was having none of it, basically, sort of saying he didn't want David to play on, you know, his injured ankle and back, uh, and so just like shouted him off the field and says, "Nah, I got this. I'm in for this package. It's fine." So like, while David Johnson went onto the field a couple times, he didn't end up. I don't think he ended up in any active packages, right? He scored not point two points in fantasy. If anyone was keeping tabs, yeah. So that's what two yards. He got two yards, and that was on the very first play of the game, and then nothing after that. So yeah, that that was obviously a move that left a lot of fantasy people angry. We'll move on to that in the negatives, though, because you know we've got plenty of stuff <laughs> to say about that one. Good, good positives though. We've we've still got loads of those left. Yeah, of course. And carrying on, we've got no turnovers in this game, and we've got seven now without a fumble, even in the rain, which is impressive. I would, I would, um, I would take that any day of the week. And especially, you know, you say in the rain and, and, you know, it's obviously true that you get way more turnovers in the rain um, and you only need to look at the opposing side for that. And obviously part of that was our defense, but um, part of it, I think, was uh, was Kyler Murray, you know, playing it smart. There was, I would say, one time when he didn't play it smart, but um, other than that, you know, generally staying away from from. Uh, D lineman and making sure the plays ended before they got to him just helps with that big time. Yeah, I mean with Kyle and Murray like just trying to make things happen, I'd much rather have that than just a statue in the pocket doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. At least he's trying to make something happen. And I don't see why people are criticizing him for that. Sometimes it works, sometimes you get like decent plays like Russell Wilson makes all the time. Then other times you get sacked for like a fifteen yard loss. That's the risk though, right? There's no there's no reward without taking that risk. And I mean, there's plenty. He's had plenty of plays where he's actually made quite a few guys miss before throwing down the field. Solid yardage usually as well, if he's if he's gonna just run for it. But no, I'll take the the no turnovers, no fumbles, no you know, no nothing in that sense, no picks thrown. Wonderful. Another good positive from this game was the performance of the defense, with the return of Patrick Peterson sparking something in it. So I would be tempted to say. That you know, as far as the game overall go, uh, goes, overall, that um, you know, our defense what w- outshone our offense for the first time this season. I think that'd be you know, previously we've been saying like, oh, the offense gets out and they make some good scores, and and then just the defense just can't keep up. Uh, they were just all over the shop this this uh, you know this game. I mean, the thing with our defense though is you could say was it down to the fact that the Giants aren't that good? Or was it because Patrick Peterson coming back helped them in more ways than you'd know? Um, I mean, there's obviously going to be a bit of both of those, but we sacked the Giants more times than they've been sacked all season, I believe. Well, yeah, they managed to total up eight sacks, four of which went to Chandler Jones. For a career high, I think, or a career tying high. Yeah, and I think three of them were strip sacks as well, weren't they? And it's, yeah, just, um, the guy's an absolute monster when it comes to that. And they were, you know, that was generating turnovers for us big time. And that's really what 
helps us win the game there. And yet he's not an NFL top 100 player. Which is bizarre to me. There's no way that he uh, he won't be next year. You never know. And I guess as well, somebody else has to fall out of the top 100. Plenty do that all the time anyway. Like One year they're like really high up. Next year they're like not even in it. I mean, part of the NFL top 100, I guess, is that you have to be on the radar. And to be on the radar, you have to be winning. I suppose that's a fair point, you know, but even losing teams have good players. That's the thing is it's just probably going to be overlooked a bit more than, you know, somebody in a in a team with a winning record might be. It wasn't just Chandler Jones who got to the quarterback. Corey Peters, Brooks Reed, Tises, and even Patrick Peterson himself managed one. I got to say the Patrick Peterson one looked to me just like somebody having fun tackling the QB. Just the fact that he jumped on him the way he did, and I believe that got a um, that stripped the ball out as well, right? It did, yeah. Of which Hassan Reddick didn't know which way to go with. <laughs> he did panic for a moment, didn't he? Yeah, and and obviously T. Sizzle as well getting in there. Corey Peters Bruce. It just goes to show that the the defensive line play was working really, really well. And the thing is, is we can't forget that this is against the Giants, but. If this, you know, if P2 coming back and getting a really solid game out of the defense doesn't give them a bit of a spark, then I don't know what will. You know, if that doesn't give them a bit more to to work on and a bit of inspiration and stuff to keep going, then there's nothing else that's going to do that job. I mean, it's not their fault as well that Daniel Jones has zero awareness, especially on that Patrick Peterson sack. He had no idea he was coming. No, he he turned completely to the other side of the field and and wasn't actually... I don't think he'd made his progression on reads down to the left side of the field by the time Patrick had hit him. It it must have felt like a car crash. Not even Saquon Barkley managed to break him. No, no, he just got straight around it and it was... um... I think speaking of Saquon Barkley as well, he's another positive because I'd say besides his touchdown and a couple of big games, he was kept relatively in check. Yeah, I, I would give you that. I mean, it's um, it's always difficult when you're going up against a team with a star player, of which at the moment he effectively is their star player. You could argue maybe Golden Tate, but um, you know he he's been consistent with them all season, and we're able to come in there and, and just kind of keep that keep those numbers down a little bit. I mean, it's a shame that he managed to break away those times that he did, but. In other games, he's been, you know, consistently getting like five yards a carry, and we managed to keep a, keep that number way down because he was just running into the wall, and that's when you force him to throw, and that's when you get some uh, pretty exciting plays on the defense, like our first interception of the season. Yes, for once, that zero is actually gone now, thanks to Jordan Hicks. Anyone really have Jordan Hicks down to be the first one to get a pick this year? Uh, I don't think so. No. Um, it was slightly odd circumstances, I guess, to get him that. But um, do you know what? I'll take any pick. You know, it just adds to that kind of defensive momentum that we were talking about. I mean, even Patrick Peterson nearly came close to one as well on that deep shot to Golden Tate where he just mistimed his jump. Had he timed that a bit better, he'd have picked that off. One wonders if he'd been, you know, playing in a couple of games up till now and had, you know, more actual game practice. If he was in the rhythm of the game practice, then... I wonder if he would have got that. Something we'll never know. But, I mean, at least we've got an interception now. Absolutely. We can get rid of that one. And uh, we can, I guess, well, hopefully move forward with a much improved defense. And my last positive I've got down, we've already mentioned it, but now we've won three games in a row. First time since the 2015 Cardinals managed that. 
and uh does it doesn't it just feel good doesn't it feel like a, a real positive step forward and it feels like everything's working and clicking and coming together i think fans are a lot happier when it's more interactive as well when it's like we're on a winning streak or winning just any game really i mean i don't blame them you know i don't blame anyone for sort of tuning out a bit once when it's so negative and horrible you know given the the steve wilkes era which may soon you know be forgotten about completely you know that that was horrible we were just losing all the time and every time we lost it wasn't pretty we were just getting blown out and you know the offense getting onto the field and just getting stopped three and out most drives and now here we have the games that we have lost we've at least shown some positives and the games that we're winning are exciting and dynamic and you know we've all i've always felt like we've been with in with a chance as well and speaking of that as well is the one stat i've not meant i didn't write down but deserves a mention the cardinals are in the top six in scoring drives in the whole nfl this year that's pretty good and you know, I think that I think we're actually ninth overall offense-wise, in terms of like offensive yards. And considering last year we were dead last by a long way, yeah, no wonder it's more exciting to watch. Wouldn't take much really to be more excited than what we had from the twenty Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, we just uh, we'll have a, that be our swear word that we're not allowed to say on this podcast. So, well, I mean, it was a close game. In the end, and I think the stat line or the, the score line in the end, you know, it reflects that at the end it was closer than we would have liked. So I guess we've got some, we still have some negatives to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple of negatives that need talking about, but you know, we'll keep it brief because why be negative again? Bad enough of that last year. <laughs> it's nice to be able to keep on the positive track for longer. Exactly. So the first negative I've got down is flags. And one here is especially DJ Humphrey, two flags for holding. Both ended up being drive killers because, you know, these leavers with too far to go. Yeah, they, they were, well, they, they forced the punt team out both times, right? Because there was too much to make up, I think, if I remember rightly. No, those, those kind of flags are, obviously it's the sort of thing that you would want to just train out completely, but holding flags are always going to happen, right? because that's just the way that football's played. And it's just a shame that we get caught with them when we did. I suppose you wouldn't be surprised to hear that the Cardinals have the second most flags against them so far this season. And it's not even for clapping either. It's like all sorts of things, you know. I mean, part of that is like some of the games that we lost, we were getting flagged left, right and centre for all sorts of nonsense. And I would say that the games that we've won it's felt like there's been fewer flags i mean maybe that's just my you know uh my optimism from the games that we're winning but i i was sort of feeling like the past couple of weeks we've been tightening up on those silly mistakes yeah i mean it's getting a bit better but still being the second highest in the league it's not a good look to have is it out of interest who's higher than us well, you have a guess there's one team higher than us in the flags against count anyway it's a team we've beaten a team we've beat. Is it the Bengals then? It's not the Bengals. So it's not, and it's not the Giants either. It's not the Giants, no. Well, uh, yeah, the, I guess the Falcons are struggling pretty well as well, right? Yeah, it is the Falcons. But I mean, they're only three ahead of us. If you want to be ahead of us in that sort of context, it's the only thing they were ahead of us in. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, I mean, 
obviously this is the sort of thing that we need to tighten up but again we're a really young team at the moment you know uh contrast to a few years ago when we were the old man of the league and this year we've got a hell of a lot of rookies starting and a couple sort of second year players and, and guys like that hanging around and they're the ones who are more likely to make mistakes and more importantly they're the ones who are more likely to get caught making mistakes but that's you know that's football for you and hopefully we can get rid of those because you know imagine if we're ninth overall offensive yards with all those flags imagine where we could be without them i think there are flags on both sides of the ball as well so it's not quite as easy to break down attack no absolutely not but i think you know it's 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 what you've you've got it here as the the flags against dj humphreys were drive killers and every flag that you get especially on offense but on defense as well it breaks down the momentum yeah you know if you're on defense and you all of a sudden your opponents get got a first down when you were getting to stopping them that's just going to tire you out that's going to wear you down and that's when mistakes happen which is probably why we always seem to lose out like in the fourth quarter yeah there's just all all the flags like mount up on us so yeah, we'll move on to our biggest negative from this game, and that's the fact there's fantasy football nerds around. <laughs> wow, I saw you getting some serious twa- uh, serious flack on Twitter from this. From twats, yes. Yeah, from twats on Twitter. Um, just from people uh, get, just going mental that David Johnston had been listed as questionable and then came out for one play and that was it. Yeah, I mean, some of the people... Like commenting on it is just ridiculous. Like thinking the NFL should change rules just to appease them so it never happens again and all that sort of thing. Can you imagine uh, the NFL going to ask coaches to give up like the strategic ability to be able to say, oh, he might play, he might play, just so that fantasy football nerds can be like appeased by it? Imagine being so entitled, you think that you weren't, that's something you can actually have. <laughs> exactly. It's funny as well because that's that's really one of the only places that skill and judgment come into fantasy football. Is you going okay? I've got David Johnston, but there's a bit of a rumor going around about him not playing, and you know he's got this high ankle sprain, and like that's admittedly there's a lot of luck, but equally that's somewhere you could make judgment calls and and use you know skill and statistics and all that stuff to work out whether you should start him or not. I mean, the other day, the Cardinals guys were tweeting out about the fact that if they were playing today, that David Johnson wouldn't have been playing anyway. So, you know, that's a pretty big red flag. Oh, definitely. And yet no one thought about that. I think the one thing is, is that it's almost more of an insult to get 0.2 points than it is to get zero points. Yeah, I mean, like, one carry is not really going to do much anyway, is it? And if he's obviously injured, what more can you do about that? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, as well, is like, it's not like we're chasing after uh, a playoff spot or anything right now, right? Like, if you're if you're the Cardinals, you absolutely want to be sitting him just now and resting him and just making sure he's healthy for the future. I don't know about that because I mean, we're only one and a half games back from a wild card spot at the moment. Are we really? Is it catching up that much? Yeah, is that much? I was surprised because I was looking at the draft order as well. If the season ended today, we'd be picking 17th. Really? Like right smack bang in the middle? Yeah, it's like, what's going on here? Yeah, that's crazy. That's just goes to show you how much, you know, a couple Sundays can change it. 
I mean, as well, I'm also I'm looking ahead to the to the rest of the schedule, and I'm not seeing many wins there still. But you know, that's good to know. I mean, I can see that pushing us back down towards the top ten, maybe. I think so in the end. But um, that being said, you know, if you're in a position where a win makes the difference between you sort of trucking towards a playoff spot or not, then I think that you do your best. But equally, if you know that you've got Chase Edmonds and you know that he can get the job done, then resting David Johnson is also still a prudent option. I did see some guy on ESPN going proper mad at the Cardinals on video. Have you seen that one? Uh, No, I've not seen that one. You should look it up because it's just embarrassing for someone just to be that irate just because the Cardinals tweeted something out about it. So is that is he like a, a caster for... Um... He's a like fantasy football expert on ESPN, which, I mean, is ridiculous anyway. How can you be an expert at something where you're basically lucky in? Well, I mean, these shows have gambling experts on them and stuff like that sometimes, so uh, I'm not surprised. But yeah, I should, I, I'm going to have a look at that later because I do enjoy people having a rant over nothing because it makes them look like such idiots. It definitely makes him look like an idiot. Brilliant. But yeah, I mean, if we're speaking about fantasy football um, and let's move on from the negatives because I really don't have that many for that game, we can talk about the Bird Gang Ball. Yeah, I mean, how much of a twat that makes people. <laughs> I've got to say, everyone's been quite civil about it. Even after last week's public announcement that my opponent had so many players out, even on this podcast, he didn't change it. Really? So what? how, ma- how many players did they end up having that were, were out? I think it was pretty much all of his roster. But the thing is, he did make roster moves on Friday, but he didn't actually put them in. So I don't know what was going on there. I have had it happen so far this season that I tried to I tried to swap players in and out on the app and it didn't seem to register. So I hope it didn't I hope that didn't happen for them. I mean it wouldn't have made any much of a difference at all. Yeah, it looks like you had quite a decisive victory. I scored 142.26 to 57.8. Most of his points came from Dalvin Cook. <laughs> oh man. It's so sad to see you know, a lineup not being set like that. Yeah. I mean, I did have my own bad weeks because I obviously I have Kyler and David Johnson starting and he got 7.16. Yeah, Kyler's uh, overall score was really low this week. That was the first time he's actually scored single-digit points in fantasy. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, with him barely running and the the run game being so effective, then he just didn't need to pass as much either. Which also meant his streak came to an end. It was the end of the streak. I guess that's a negative we didn't talk about. But, you know, all good things must come to an end. I mean, he's still got the record for 14-plus completions for the first seven games of the season. (laughs) Is that just going to keep going lower and lower? I hope it doesn't. 14 could be like the floor. Yeah, just keep going from 14. I think it was fair to say that Darren Waller was my MVP, though, because he scored 31.6 points. And, of course, Alan Robinson scored handsomely. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, Darren Waller kind of, I would say, a bit out of nowhere points-wise, but, you know, uh, it's a good one to have in. I mean, he's had a couple of good weeks this year. Like, week two, he scored, like, 20-odd, I think. That's true. But I've always kind of thought he was he was a bit up and down, I guess. But 31.6 is good. That's Anytime somebody puts up QB numbers, that's my uh, mark of a good, good uh, game there. Yeah, it moves me to four and three now and second overall in the league. 
Not bad considering I was bottom the other week. Your league must be quite competitive if four and three is is up at second. I think five and two is top, top at the moment. So, yeah, definitely very close. But I suppose with a ten man league, it's always going to be pretty close, isn't it? That's true. Yeah. So there's not, there's not enough games to separate out only ten people. How did you fare this week? Um, well, in the Bird Gang Bowl, I, I lost quite a, a tough battle actually with um, my team Suggs, um, captained by Louis. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the the first thing that happened was I had Patrick Mahomes in, um, which was really grim because on Thursday he was in for a little bit and then um, was injured and and looks like he'll be out for quite some time. And other than that, I did actually have some pretty good uh, pretty good. Um, is it Mar- Marvin Jones, right, from the Lions? Yeah, with his four touchdowns. Yeah, so that was 43 points straight up from him, which is amazing. Alan Robinson in with a solid 25. But I also had uh, Dante Pettis um, scoring absolutely nothing. And the Chargers defense, who I brought in to cover a bye with, uh, with only four points. But the thing that hurts most is that this week, uh, I'd picked up Chase Edmonds and left him on the bench. That's gutting. It is really gutting. However, uh, yeah, my team, Suggs, played really well. They had Aaron Rodgers in at QB, scoring massive amounts. Latavius Murray uh, scoring massive amounts. And he left a bunch of points on his bench as well. So I think, kind of whatever way you slice it, I would have ended up losing this one. Uh, definitely a shame to have, uh, have Patrick Mahomes out so early. I know you mentioned the charges. Yes. I'm annoyed with them. How so? You know the Gridiron Magazine Pick'em competition they do every week? Yeah. Out of 13 matches, I got 12 correct this week. Ah, uh, and you didn't... They were the one. didn't call the Chargers loss. Uh, I mean, who won against the Titans? They're just rubbish. They have been dreadful so far this year. Did you see how the game actually ended, though? I didn't, no. Melvin Gordon fumbled near the goal line. Oh. Uh, Had he scored a touchdown, it would have been a win, obviously. So you were, so you were like, literally inches away from winning that... Yeah, I could have won something. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, I know I'm gutted. You've got to keep playing. I mean, I've been one away a couple of weeks before, but... That last one's the hard one, though, right? Like, that's the one with the low uh, chance of it working. I think they were a 9-25 game, weren't they? So it was still Sunday night football and Monday night football to go, but they were easy enough to call. Ah, well. Shall we move on to some dynasty football? Yeah, I was just want to give a quick, uh, quick update on... Uh on my, my sort of bird gang bowl league there because uh, I actually just checked the, the league standings and yeah, we're quite close. So first uh, uh, top is Moo with um, uh, a five and two record. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm now all the way down to eighth, having dropped two spots for that uh, loss there. And it also means that we're not tied anymore. Are we not tied anymore in the Dynasty League? We're not, no. But you know, we'll get onto that now. I'm, I'm quite happy to talk about the Dynasty League. I'm not, though, because, you know, as the Cardinals win three in a row, the Pawnee Perdverts lose three in a row. Oh, dear. Well, you got to keep losing, then. you got to bench some people. Yeah, I mean, if it's a sacrifice to make, say, the Cardinals win in real life, then, you know, so be it. I'll take my losses. Bench everyone. Got to take your lumps. Yeah, I mean, this week, I lost to a team also called My Team Sucks. I mean, how original. There's only so many lists of uh, Cardinals related, Cardinals pun related uh, fantasy football team names to choose from. Yeah, but they always have to choose the same one. <laughs> I mean, just be different. Got to coordinate about it next year. You know, just have people sign up on a big sheet. 
Yeah, I mean, I lost 184.98 to 147.26. That's a pretty decisive loss. Yeah. I mean, I went into Monday Night Football about 70 points behind with like five people to play. And I think they scored about 20 points, well, between them. I see the thing is, is like 70 points between five people is absolutely within the possible range. I mean, it would be difficult, but it's within the possible range, right? I mean, it didn't help that Sam Donald kept throwing four interceptions. That's true. Especially when I had Le'Veon Bell and Jameson Crowder. You kept seeing ghosts, so leave it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. How did you do in Dynasty? Actually, no, don't tell us. We know. No, well, I, I won. I'm, I'm going to take my time in the sun over it. Yeah, 177.64 to Murphy's Law. Uh, 142.76, so that's been beaten Dan. He, to be fair, had a bit of a shocker with some of his players. Kyler Murray obviously coming out and not not um, scoring too much. And uh, George Kittle, I think, having his lowest scoring game of the season um, probably didn't help him out there. But, you know, I, I was definitely helped by Derek Henry actually showing up for once and Julio Jones having some good, uh, good scores. That now makes me uh, second overall in the league with a record of five and two which I'm quite excited for. There's still plenty of time to go. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, quite a lot longer than other leagues as well because I've got to keep playing with this same squad for a long time. I mean, some people will be like terrible next year because they drafted for this year. Yeah. Some people will be terrible this year will be terrible next year because they're just bad at drafting. <laughs> just bad at fantasy, knowing who to start and all that, says the guy who last year Chase Edmonds on the bench. I mean, I started him in one dynasty league where I'd stashed him away for like since he was drafted, and I've never actually used him till this week. That's quite nice. That would be a good one to pull out of, out of nowhere and go, ha ha. I know I won as well, so I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good uh, good trump card to play right there. And then in another of my leagues, my highest scorer wasn't any offensive player. It was Chandler Jones again. Yeah, I mean, four sacks is a pretty solid stat line right there already. I think that makes sense. Like the just the way he played and the game he had, I think you know you would look at that from a distance and go, yeah, that's that's obviously going to give you good fantasy points. Yeah, twenty five it was in total. Nice, and that was also a win. So you know, I could win in some fantasy leagues, just not the ones that I care about. See, that's my strategy as well. I I play in three different leagues and. Uh, I get at least one win a week somewhere. So, um, you know, at least I've always got something to celebrate. But do you think the Cardinals will have anything to celebrate this week? Oh, now there's a tricky question. Arizona Cardinals at New Orleans Saints for yet another 10 a.m. start for the Cardinals. But in the UK, 5 p.m. start. Yes, because it's the end of British summertime. I mean, it's raining outside, so it's always going to be the end of British summertime. (laughs) So remind me, does that mean we get an extra hour in bed or we get an hour taken away from us? I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'll just let my phone do it and it'll wake me up whenever on Sunday morning. <laughs> do you know, I, I think it's I think the clocks go back, therefore we get more time in bed. So you get a lion and an early Cardinals night. How good is that? You technically get two because we're on Thursday night football as well. That's true, yeah. But yeah, this week we kick off at 5pm against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, this is um, going to be a tricky game, I think. New Orleans Saints are still being led by Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, going into the game. Uh, we'll get onto that in a bit because the all-time series is tied at 15 wins apiece. 
And the last five games have gone New Orleans, Arizona, New Orleans, Arizona, New Orleans. So obviously that means Arizona this weekend. Yeah. I mean, patterns hold up for a reason, right? Exactly. And if New Orleans do win, and they've ruined the pattern and ruined our streak, so we'll hate them for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They'll be uh, they'll be known as the pattern ruiners. So uh, I guess that will be within their uh, you know within their reason to to want to lose. They're five and one this season, and they've managed to win four in a row with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Although there are reports this week saying that. Drew Brees could potentially be back from his form injury. Yeah, this was right around the timetable of when he was going to be coming back. But um, as far as I've seen, there's been there were reports last week that he was potentially going to be back as well, and then I think the week before that they were like, "Oh, are they going to put Drew Brees out?" But I mean, I guess if you if you've got Teddy Bridgewater and you've just won four in a row, do you think you maybe even just start Teddy and see how it goes? I mean, I'd stick with him. I mean, if if Drew Brees is going to be in any way questionable, or if like an extra week would help his recovery, then I think they would be within their rights to stick with him, right? I think they're on to a bye after this game, so maybe it makes sense to give him like that extra week. Yeah, I would say so. I I wouldn't be surprised if we were facing Drew Brees, but I I think you know it's probably going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I, I hope the fantasy football nerds are on it then. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some of the people are just, you know, doggedly saying, so is it going to be Teddy or Drew? Teddy or Drew or Teddy or Drew? We we talked about the Saints a few weeks ago on this podcast. We, we were looking forward at the uh, at the remaining schedule. And I think at the time, you didn't really rate the, the Saints that much. How are you sort of feeling about them now that they're on a four-in-a-row win streak? I mean, you did have a one-in-one start, so... That's probably where my trepidation came in about them. Yeah. But, you know, they've won four in a row. That's not to be sniffed at. It's one more than we've managed. Yeah, exactly. We're on a, well, At least we're on a three-win streak now, though. That's, that's not to be sniffed at either. It means that someone's streak will go, though. It does indeed, yeah. Um, and I guess the, the big question mark is whether uh, Alvin Kamara will be back because he was their, you know, he's been one of their their star players, really. Yeah, he has. He's also one of my fantasy players, so... I mean, I think I'd rather he didn't play, but if he does... At least you've got a silver lining. Exactly. I suppose it's the same with you, because you've got Latavius Murray. I do, yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I think think this Saints team could go either way, and the thing to not forget about them as well is, although all the players we've talked about have been on offense, they've got a solid defense as well. Yeah, they've got some really good players on that defense. One of the best cornerbacks in the league in Marshawn Lattimore. And I think they're top 10 NFL for, um, you know, lowest yards allowed. I did see a uh, post on Twitter that they've not allowed a 100-yard rusher in 29 games. That's insane. That's quite a lot of seasons. Yeah, I mean, that's a decent record to have. I mean, I remember, I think it was Seattle who had that. Like, they had a really long streak of that. Or LA Rams, one of the two. I would really, really love to break that particular bubble because now that the Cardinals effectively have three runners, you know, presuming David Johnson's going to be back and healthy, I think that that could really confuse a run defense. Maybe that's why they rested David Johnson last week. 
Ah, possibly getting ready for the uh, for the big push against the Saints. Yeah, I mean, people don't think of that at the time, but maybe maybe that's what Cliff Kingsbury's thinking. <laughs> we know your game, Cliff. <laughs> yeah, we've figured it out. No, I think um, you know a couple of weeks ago I would have called this game a big shootout because our offense was flying high and our defense was a bit low. Um, and we know that the Saints offense can get the job done. Now that our defense has kind of shown that they can actually get to the quarterback and that they can pick up interceptions and stuff, they can get all these turnovers. I wonder if it's not going to be a bit more of a defensive shootout. I mean, I think it could be either way, really, because we'll be indoors, won't we? So there'll be no rain to complain about this week. Absolutely. It'll be, there'll be... You know, hopefully our offense back to firing all, on all cylinders. Hopefully Kyler Murray back to getting as many completions as he needs. At least 14, but hopefully a lot more than that. Better be 14 for that streak. Or else we'll have to change it again next week. <laughs> yeah, just make our jobs easier if it gets at least 14. But I want to see a lot more than 14 anyway. Oh yeah, of course. One of the other big matchups on this game will be Michael Thomas versus Patrick Peterson. That should be a good one to watch for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And this will be potentially a bit more of a test for uh, Pat Pete than last week was. Yeah, I mean, that's fair to say. Because, I mean, Golden Tate, Michael Thomas, it's no brainer, is it really? We'll give Michael Thomas all the time. Especially with, um, you know, uh, with a better QB throwing to him, put it that way. I mean, if he's got Drew Brees back as well, that's even worse for us, I suppose. Yeah, that would be really, really tough. But I think there's a good chance it'll be Teddy Bridgewater, at least because there's that there's that buy. But that being said, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's no pushover either. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty decent quarterback, so it'll be a good game to watch either way. So should we get to some predictions? Uh, only if you go first. Okay, so for my prediction, I'll go with a 27-23 win for New Orleans. See, I was quite tempted to go for a New Orleans win as well. And and my, my thoughts were that we were going to start strong, you know, maybe start really strong in the first couple quarters like we have and then just tail off. And as we tail off, they're just going to make mincemeat of us. And I, uh, you know, I was tempted to give them a score in the 30s or thereabouts. Um, but I, I don't know. I think there's a good chance that we could pull this off. Um, so I'm going to give the Cardinals 28, and I'm going to give New Orleans uh, 24. Okay, so that's pr- pretty much the same scoreline, but reversed. yeah, more or less. It's it's. Uh, I'm going to say you know it would be going that would be going score for score, uh, and settling into a rhythm. So I'm, I would be going like all the scores coming early, and then defense is settling down, and then really not much happening. Um, score-wise for the rest of the game. Yeah, I could see that happening. But, you know, the only way we'll find out if it does happen is if we watch the game on Sunday. Yeah, and there's there's really no excuses for not watching this one because, yeah, 5pm start. Be over about 8 o'clock-ish. Yeah. It's always a nice couple of weeks when that happens. We get a nice, you know, bit more chilled-out time. I think it's just one, actually, because their clocks will go back the week after. Or do forward, not, or whatever. Do we not get it for the Thursday as well? Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, but I think I think for some sometimes it works out that there's two weeks, and sometimes it works out that there's one. But I mean, we'll benefit from it because we'll have the earlier Thursday night football game at two 
midnight. So we'll take that. Yeah, definitely. Considering that it's uh, it's better than getting up at, at one and what you know to start the game, I'll I'll have that. But that'll just about do it for this week's episode of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. As always, if you're not following us on Twitter and being one of our three and a half thousand followers, three and a half k. I know it's mad. Go follow us at British Bird Gang at twitter.com forward slash British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. And join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. And buy British Bird Gang t shirts at britishbirdgang.tmail.com. And of course, if you like what you listen to on the podcast, leave us a review. Five stars, stars only. Or probably one star if you're one of those fancy nerds that <laughs> have been bothering me the past couple of days. Yeah. I know your game. <laughs> They're just into destroyers for some reason. That's what we get for pointing out their idiocy, <laughs> I suppose. But yes, that'll do it for this week's episode. So until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.